0: Welcome to Golf Betting System Podcast 41. We are covering the Wyndham Championship on the PGA Tour and the Nordia Masters on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have European Tour expert Paul Williams and resident podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan. Good evening, chaps. Evening, gents. Evening, guys. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website, Twitter handles at Bamford Golf, at Golf Betting for Paul and a Good Talk Golf for Barry. We are available on Podbean, iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Player FM, Podtail and now on Stitcher. So uh, lots of different ways of following the weekly podcast. Naturally, subscribe or follow the podcast and tell your friends about the show. Please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. We're actually up to nine ratings now, I just checked. It helps to keep all of our weekly content free across the website, YouTube and the podcast. Right, I suppose we better start with the PGA Championship. Can you believe it? I actually got the winner? How good's that? At one point, I thought I might get first and second. It was a it was a debate whether it was going to be Justin Thomas or uh, or Brooks Koepka.
1: It was uh, it was yeah, it was looking like a one two for a long time, wasn't it? But, uh, clearly, uh, Mister Woods had uh, other other plans.
0: He's looking. Kevin good, Kisner cramped himself. Yeah, I, I was on him at one hundred and ten to one. I thought Gary would go the same way, but he hang on. He hung on, didn't he? Did he lose his ball on the seventeenth? I heard. Is that true?
2: Don't know. Kisner, he was like vaporized. No, no, Woodland, from... Woodland. Oh, Woodland.
0: Um, no, I undeveloped... heard he was the, the commentary I was listening to said that he was having all sorts of trouble on the seventeenth. Were they were they lying?
2: Well, let's... I mean, we can we can get to eleven sports in a little minute, but all I know <laughs> is Woodland. Woodland did well enough because I had him backed. Um, now it was eight places, but so I got it was a little bit chopped. Uh, it wasn't the full place, but it still was it was decent enough, and I had a good sweat. for <laughs> the, the, was the run. Um, I I I couldn't resist um, coming you know, on Wednesday evening. I just couldn't resist thinking about it, and uh, I backed Kepka on the exchange. It's just the guy. The guy has to be automatic for majors now. He's just his records are ridiculous. So I um, and it was. I I never even thought about cashing out or or laying it off. I, he just looked so nails on, so I was happy to, uh, yeah, happy to catch the win with that.
0: Well done, chaps. Um, yeah, yeah. You think it through. You scored. You two scored with Patrick Reed at the Masters. No, if I was a podcast listener, you scored with Patrick Reed, both of you at the Masters. Mm-hmm. Then you grabbed. Francesco Molinari at the Open, and I have now just grabbed Brooks, not physically, clearly, but Brooks Koatka (laughs) at the PGA Championship. That's not bad if you're a listener, is it? Three of the four major winners. You've had a cracking major campaign this year, Barry. Uh, I tell you what, fair fair play to Gary Woodland. He didn't crack, did he? And It was interesting because I saw an interview with him um, and he said that he's now working with the guy... Uh, who has who was famous for working with um, the fly half Johnny Wilkinson? Right, can't remember the lad's name, no. guys. No, but you it, know, it, positive it, thinking, all about uh, you know, uh, yeah, positivity. And he he worked closely with Johnny Wilkinson for years and years and years, and he's now working with the same chap, English guy. Mm. That came out that Gary's working with him, and it's starting mm. to work
2: clearly. Is it is it Phil Canyon? Is this? Yeah, oh. that's the guy. Well, yeah, I I think he is. Yeah, I think it's Phil
0: Pinion.
2: Yeah. Um, The thing was, Woodland had so many chances to melt away this week. He just like with the triple bogey on uh, Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, and the 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 bunker, the back and forth of the bunker. Mm -hmm. Um, He had so many opportunities to just to just fall away, and he didn't. So um, yeah, I think he's taken a couple of good steps in the last few weeks. unfortunately i'd say next time he shows up in a decent event you won't see the prices uh, that i was backing him out in the last three weeks but uh, yeah came out of it okay with a profit on woodland so i can't i can't argue uh the guy gave me a decent run for my money
0: didn't you also land in first round leader
2: uh yeah yeah interestingly enough like i uh obviously put all my bets on you know monday and tuesday and had them all you know written down in my uh, tracker and Wednesday night about 1am I was just having a final look over things and uh, decided to add a couple more first round leader bets. So had a uh, wager on Woodland at 100 to 1 and I got Poulter as well. So I didn't check my, that account until Sunday. I was just having a look to make sure what bets I had going into Sunday evening. And uh, noticed my balance was quite juicy, so I was like, "Where did that come from?" I discovered that I'd put a bet on on Woodlands. You had not had a uh, couple uh, of sherbets
1: on Wednesday night before placing that bet, Barry.
2: Did you? Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbe- it was brilliant. So uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and and what did what did Gary who did Gary fuck over? Oh, he fucked you over, didn't he, Paul? Because you had Ricky <laughs> Fowler for first round leader.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm pleased with Barry now. He's told us the story, but uh, but yeah, I, at the time I was, uh, I had my Gary Woodland voodoo voodoo doll out on Thursday, but it was uh, it was not working, and he was draining everything, wasn't he? I'm sitting there with uh, with Fowler in the uh, in the hutch at five under, thinking, you know, someone's gonna have to really do something to go something to to beat him or to equal him even. And uh, Gary was just nailing everything. We did make about 150 feet of putts on Thursday. Didn't oh, he? it
2: was crazy, yeah. If do you know what, if I had had any awareness or memory of that bet, there's no way he would have done it on the day, because <laughs> the, the sweat vibes for me would never like he would just put some jitters in him or something. <laughs> anyway, um, like that's okay. We, we have to talk about Kepka, right? And Woods.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go on. Should I cover? Should I cover Do you want, do you, uh, cover, Kepka? Do you want my views? It. Do you Do you want my views on him? Absolutely. I was just looking here at my statistics from um, the Bridgestone, and he was absolutely, he was the first one um, on my list, Kepka. And it was something Rich Beam said in the commentary uh, that Sunday evening. He said, you know, he's basically just hanging around. His putter's a bit slow, but he's just hanging around menacingly. And he was, he was playing so well. And of course, Dustin Johnson finished like a train, world number one. He shot, um, he shot a 64 at Bridgestone on the f- in the final round. Koepka shot a 67, which was good enough for fourth in the field. And I was just genuinely shocked on the Monday when they chalked him up. at. Tw- you could get early on Monday 25 to 1 about Brooks mm, Koepka, yeah, which was quick. the same price that he went off at the US Open. Mm. And you think, that's not right. Now, I went 20-1 to 1 with Bet365 because you've got the eight places. Um, he was available when we went to press at 22-1 to 1 with Unibet. But I don't understand what people don't get about the guy. He's just an assassin when it comes to major championships. And that major that he won yesterday, in my opinion, was by far the best of the three because he led at 54 holes. And he's got Tiger Woods chasing him down.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the big thing.
0: To look at that leaderboard, and to have the mental strength to fight off that huge crowd, Tiger Woods, all of the pressure, and of course, the little matter of Adam Scott charging at him, holding putts like he was Jordan Speed from a few years ago. <laughs> and you're thinking, what is going on here? This is Adam Scott. Oh, he's draining another twenty-five footer. Yeah, and you're thinking, wow. So you know, I was starting, to, and then of course, you know, around the you know, coming, he's 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 responded by banging a couple very close, and all of a sudden the putter's starting to get jery. He's putting then like Lee Westwood, not getting it anywhere near the hole, and you think this is all going horribly wrong. But you know, the way that he fought back was just unbelievable. To then go ahead again and say, yeah, you know, I'm still minus two. You know, I'm not plus three today. I'm minus two, and I've got some good holes coming up. And that that um, that three iron or two iron that he hit into the sixteenth was just crushing blow, wasn't it?
2: No, oh, it's one of that's what gotta a, be one a, of the greatest
0: shots. He described it as a laser. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a thing of beauty, wasn't it? If you're on him the way he hit that shot i mean i yeah. think that was it it was it was done and dusted at that point very yeah,
2: yeah that that was it that was just the, the nail in the coffin wasn't it and what a shot Un- unreal
0: and yes the course was perfect for him it was soft he could hit it 340 over most of the traps but to but that's that's by the by really at the end of the day the way that he held off tiger woods And all of the pressure that came with that, I think, was very, very, very impressive. And, you know, you can see Koepka, the way that he knows that he can peak for major championships, winning a lot, lot more.
1: Oh, yeah, he's young enough, isn't he? And he's up to second in the world now. And he's not, you know, he's not far behind DJ at all. Only a decent result away from taking number one spot. And, uh, you know, was it two, three seasons ago he was on the European Tour?
0: They said to him in the interview afterwards, you know, like the interview in the press area. They said, "Have you ever doubted yourself in your life?" And he just, he just went, "No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt myself." And you just think, yeah, this guy is he's different gravy. Mm. And to put it into perspective, of course, you know, Dustin Johnson still has only won one major championship. Yep. And he's been around since when? Two thousand and seven, I think. Two thousand and eight, he came on the PGA tour. And you got Kepka now with three in the bag. Yep. Mm. So yeah, that's and my that's my view on Kepka. Yep. What, what Kep, Kepka? What do you think?
1: Impressive, very very impressive. Can't say much more, I think.
2: It's what, um, he's just so clinical. It really, it's um, yeah, the, just the determination and the execution in 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 the face of everything that was going on. Like a Tiger Woods charge and the, like the noise out of those crowds is like something you haven't heard in a long time. Um, and, and the funny thing is because of Kepka's kind of quiet, reserved personality, come the Masters next year, I'd say you'll have some firms giving him 18 to 1.
0: As Tiger Woods said, it's difficult to be a guy that's hitting it down the middle of fairways and clear and, and at 340 off the tee. He said it with kind of a smirk on his face. And as you said, Kopka also mentioned in his interview that the one track he's still got to get his head around is the Masters. And at the end of the day, you know, he's built for it, isn't he? That's that's the perfect golf course for him once he gets his head around the nuances when to go, when not to go, and, you know, all the stuff that you need to know at at, at Augusta. And as you said, it's likely, Barry. You know, he's going to fly at Kapalua in January because that golf course is another one that's perfect for him. But you might find that he goes into that tournament next year, again at a very juicy price because he hasn't done a lot in the build-up. Mm. Ho- yeah, hopefully. Because, hopefully.
2: And it's kind of an amazing thing for Punting because he just doesn't seem bothered with winning regular tour events. You know, he he kind of openly doesn't love golf and uh, and 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 also states that he just is about there to win the biggest events, which is, you know, it's funny that he only has one other PGA Tour win. Now, he has other professional wins, but mm. his his focus is so solely on the PGA, on the, the majors that, um, you know, his form in other events, he won't, he won't win, so he won't be coming on the radar as much. And everybody will kind of forget about him because he's not that kind of big personality that will, you know drive and grab headlines and again he'll just be sitting there at 20 to 1 and people will be like ah but what has he done lately and we'll kind of forget that he's won three of the last you know, three majors in 14 months yeah.
0: to, to so, shoot to shoot a final round 66 4 under amidst all of that pressure was amazing mm. I thought last night and you think about it he had Woods mm. Scott John Rahm Molinari Justin Thomas they were all within striking distance Ricky Fowler you know, that's, that's a hell of a chasing pack. And he just, you know, one by one, they just couldn't get near him. Yeah, just eased away, didn't he? Just eased away when the pressure was at its most intense. It was very, very impressive.
1: So given what you said, G- Dan Barry, about his kind of outlook on his career, do you think the world number one ranking, world, one, world number one accolade, will actually appeal to him?
2: Because mm-hmm. he, so, he, he so could so go for so it, so it now, so couldn't he? So- Oh, he can. Yeah, he's up to seconds now. He I is, mean, yeah. It, it, how can how can that not appeal to you? I mean, if it if it didn't before, then surely <laughs> it, it, it's 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 so f- f- you know in front of his face, um, that it has to be something he should yeah, be yeah. considering.
0: Yeah, I think he's isn't it DJ ten point six. He's at ten point one, so he's not a million miles away. It, is it? He? It's,
1: it's a playoff
2: win. And, uh, you know,
1: give, yeah, or, give or, or take, it's. It, I don't. I can't see it's any more than that, because the field with the his
2: ball strike. With his ball striking the way it is, like he seems completely like you, you don't. You don't get the impression that uh, this tournament's going to take him a while to kind of get over and get back into the swing of things if he really wants to. He could, He's striking the ball so well, mm. you know. And we saw. We saw what Malinari's done. You know, he won what three times in the space of six weeks. Yeah. So, Kapka could just as you know easily go and grab one of the the playoff events. Maybe, maybe the Tour Championship at East Lake, and that's a real statement. Yep, huge. Woods up to oh, twenty six.
0: Yeah, and don't don't forget, of course, the Zoysia fairways at East Lake, and he clearly <laughs> yep. absolutely loves playing on Zoysia and that's the reason I picked him. And that I, that link through of players that have done well on Zoysia golf courses was was clear to see towards the end. Um, a question for you two guys. Out of the four playoff events that we've got coming up from next week onwards, we've got Ridgewood for the Northern Trust, which is the one they play in New York area. Uh, we've then got TPC Boston. They've, they're then playing at Aronimink, which is the BMW Championship, which they played there, I think it was 2010 2011. That's mm. another Donald Ross course, same as the one this, same designer this week mm. for the Wyndham. And then, of course, we've got the Tour championship. Of those four tournaments, what course do you think suits Tiger Woods the best? Because in my mind, he's going to win one of these FedEx Cup playoffs. In fact, I think he's going to be so focused I could see him winning the whole thing. Hmm. <sighs> That's a difficult to call isn't it.
2: For some reason, I've had Jason Day in my head for the Dell Technologies for a long time. Just from playing a, a one-and-done league, I've just kind of had him penciled in for that. Um, Jason Day, you said? Yeah.
0: I could see him winning next week, actually, because he's got a great record at Ridgewood. But, and he's also starting to actually hit some greens, which clearly makes him very dangerous. But yes, Ridgewood. I'd need to look into Tiger there. I don't think he's got a great record at Boston. And he's played there a long, a lot of times when he was in his prime. So
1: Eastlake feels the strongest of the ones, you know, not just from a course perspective, but also from kind of a mentality perspective. Because at that point, then, assuming you know, he's going to be up against the, the top players, you know, you cut down to thirty of the very best at that point. It's almost yeah. like a mini major, isn't it? And you saw the improvement that he made between um, Akron and last week. You know, he kind of tailed off at uh, Bridgestone, didn't he? He probably finished 30th, thereabouts, and um, and you know, it was almost, you know, he wasn't disregarded at, at, at the field at, um, at Bell Reef, but he certainly wasn't one of the most talked about players in the, in, in the context of winning that tournament. Yet, you know, he, he could have done it, could have done it. He seems he you know, had
0: no right. He had no right to finish second, though, because he was seventy fourth for fairways hit. So that, that makes that performance even better. So he was he was minor, get this, he was 60th for strokes gained off the tee. Brooks Koepka was second. But Tiger, second for approach to green, eighth for tee to green and tenth for pain. So his, his driving still his weakness. So we need to find the course out of those four where driving's the most... Where you've got a little bit of width, or the, you know the penalty isn't going to be that harsh,
2: yeah. Or he doesn't need to take driver that often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all that. Yeah. I to mm. to me maybe a, a with the kind of smaller greens, you mm-hmm. know, plays yeah. into his approach shots a bit more, uh, or mm. to that strength anyway of his game. Um, he could just plot his way a bit more rather than having to s- slash driver. I wish the guy would just swing his driver the way he swings at his three-wood. What's you know,
0: the What's the difficulty with these players not being able to drive straight? You, you t- I mean, I don't play golf. Paul attempts to, but... They're trying to over really. hit it, Steve.
1: They're trying to hit it so hard and so far. And it's
2: but surely that can't, can't be something...
0: That must be something that's really, really, you know, something that could be worked on quite quickly. Yeah,
2: yeah like, it's e- easy to do it on the practice, you know, in practice, but in play, it, it's, it's not a conscious decision to go after it extra hard. It's just, it's an unconscious trigger that just gets into you, and even if it's 1% or 2% that it you know, puts you out of uh, out of sync, you know, with the distance these guys are hitting it, if they're off by a half a degree, that ball's mm. missing by twenty five, thirty yards. Yeah. You know, if they're off by a degree or two, and it's it's just something that creeps in you know into the swing at the last second and usually just throws you off. Um I'm sure. I, do you know, what, I'd say if Tiger was just going out and playing practice rounds, he probably is hitting like you know seventy five, eighty percent of fairways because he's just swinging that lovely controlled three quarters uh, kind of power. Yeah. So I mean, like, how good were his irons when he was hitting that kind of three quarters power? The real, the yeah. controlled fades. Trying to dodge oh my god! They, it was just such a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, if he could do that with the driver. Great, but it's. Uh, I think it's just the, the unconscious kind of uh, yeah. search, search, search for that extra bit of distance, and it just it gets you.
0: Maybe it's not just the course with Tiger as well. Maybe it's the actual turf conditions. If, you, if, if, if one of these four events is going to be on a course that's got a bit of run and a bit of roll on it, and he can start playing that Stinger 2-iron, mm. that brings him a lot more into the equation because he's going to be in the fairway a lot more. And I think if he actually gets to a tournament where he's hitting some fairways, he's going to win it, because he's just playing so well on his approach, his scrambling, and his putting. I I can. It's it's going to be fascinating FedEx Cup playoffs because Mm. you've got him coming back to him at the very you know getting very close to winning. You've got Jordan Spieth who's clearly finding something. Um you've got the likes of you know justin Rose who must feel a little bit that you know he's played one of the best seasons of his life he hasn't won a big tournament you know there's a lot of players out there that have got a lot of reasons to to have a strong fedex Cup campaign.
2: I'm convinced speed wins one of these yeah so am I yeah. it's just try I don't wanna have to back him in all four because it just kills your uh yep. kills your return on them so I have to just figure it out because what i read he had like 67 holes he played this week just gone that were power better and then the other i think he had two triples and three doubles Mm. which just destroys you You just can't have triples and doubles um so it but like again i am it kind of reminds me of before Kepka won the us open last year he was doing that same thing playing really well but his bad holes were catastrophic and they're killing his scoring that's happening speed there so he just it's just a quick little kind of tidy up here and there, and uh, he goes and wins one of them. Uh, we've just got to figure out which one it is.
0: Yeah, it's quite good. We've, we've got, I was talking to Paul about it this morning, we've actually got four. Well, you've always got two, but the other two courses, Ridgewood and Aronamink, at least we've got some um, data to go off this year so we can't, we know what the courses are we know what kind of courses correlate well from a form perspective so yeah i'm looking forward to the FedEx cup blows i think it's going to be an absolute feast Festi- a festival of golf right we better start talking about this week oh i tell you one thing i was going to quickly discuss before we move on i know you know we've got two tournaments this week they're not exactly the most exciting um it's now confirmed in terms of the top 8 for the ryder cup uh, for team america so co uh, cupka uh, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler and Webb Simpson are all automatic qualifiers for the Gulf National. Um, if you're then going in um, pl- rank order, Bryson DeChambeau is at 9, uh, Phil Mickelson at 10, Tiger Woods at 11 and our old friend Xander Schofield at 12. And in my mind... And this is what I was going to ask you guys. In my mind, unless something crazy happens, I think those are the four captain's picks he'll go for. Who's just below that, Steve? We've got Kucho at 13, who's showing absolutely nothing. I know he's the ping-pong champion of the team, but, Christ, you need a bit more than that to get in the squad, surely. (laughs) Um, He he might have a good backhand, but... Kevin Kisner, 14. Well, Kevin's got to show some backbone. And then we've got Tony Fee now. Now, Tony, of course, set that record in round two of, was it, to sort of 10, 12 birdies or something, and people are going, oh, yeah, that's really good for match play, which it kind of is, but i still got serious doubts about Tony Finau's mentality, and then you've got Kyle Stanley at 16. So, yeah, no, if, I'd, if, if it was my decision, knowing what we know about Shoffley, knowing what we know about the way that he comes to the four at major championships, wins two at championships... I don't think it's really debatable. The player for me, and this isn't going to happen. We know that. But the player for me, who is the weak link, is Mickelson. But he'll he'll be, and he's a lock. So
1: yeah, yeah he's got his WGC went under his belt. It's it's difficult to uh, to, to miss him out. I, I can't Do see. You? Yeah. I can't see that you'd bypass the likes of Kuchar, Kisner to put Finow in. Um, yeah. You know, his third choice over and above the four names that you've mentioned there, no. makes it quite straightforward for Jimbo, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm word out there is that Tiger wants to Shambo on yeah, the exactly. team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wants. So, to, I mean, that, he wants to play with. Him. Yeah, that kind of auto picks him then. So, the the only the only real debate, I guess, would be uh, Schofield But how is that a debate when he's shown many many times now? How how um what a big occasion guy he is. I don't I don't think it's a debate, but I tell you what I
0: think it is for us guys. I think it's a huge opportunity over the next four weeks potentially to get on Showfley at a good price because he's going to be so motivated to get a big big win or a big big top five. I think um is one to uh, one to keep very close to over these playoffs. Hmm. Yeah, he ne- he needs to perform, doesn't he? Well, he's got to
1: keep uh, keep knocking on the door, isn't he?
2: Yeah, and we know yeah, he's got the ability. Yeah. I think he just needs to keep active and keep not fall off the radar. Mm. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. I hope. Otherwise, it's go,
0: it's to going can't. to need something like a Ryan Moore performance from someone that's going to finish kind of second, second, first, or something in three mm. of the playoff events to, mm. to to get into that. And that's easier Can you see Matt Kuchar doing that or Kevin Kisner? man No, not no. at the moment. No. no.
2: Nor can you see Fee now doing it. No, I can't. As well as he performs, he doesn't. He just doesn't seem to win or get those seconds. You know, yeah. he
0: li- he likes a backdoor t- back. He likes a backdoor top ten. Does Tony Fee now? Doesn't he? He's, he's actually an odds compiler's dream because you can slash his price, and he pretty much never puts you under a lot of danger in terms of actually winning.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, if so, you look at
0: the European side, we've got Molinari, Justin Rose, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, on the European points. Then we've got Ram, McIlroy, Norren, and Ian Poulter has now just taken the place of Paul Casey. Snuck in, hasn't he? He has snuck in, and quite rightly. Yeah. Now, I was reading yesterday, and you might pull me up on this, Paul. Please do if I'm wrong. That the cut off for all of the European team, including pl- uh, captain's picks, is after the Made in Denmark.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. I, I, yeah, I think you probably. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure you're right.
0: Now I'm trying to work out where the Made in Denmark stacks up with the FedEx playoffs. Is that? Is it the same week as? So what have we got next week? That isn't made in, De-
1: made in Denmark next week.
0: I thought there was something in between. Is it, I thought the check repu- the D and D's next week. Uh, no, you're right. No, sorry, yeah, all right. Yeah, let me just get my. Yeah. So so yeah. it's going to be the yeah. So that's right. right. September so the second. We yeah, yeah <laughs> ties up with the end of. Uh, it is yeah the Boston one, isn't it? Yeah, September the second. So uh... now that begs a big big question for me. Sergio nightmare scenario misses the cut this week. He can't play any FedEx Cup playoff events. Hmm. What does he do? Does he come over to Europe and play the d and Real Masters? Does he come over here and play the Made in Denmark? Or does he just put his feet up and say, well,
2: <coughs> Bjorn's going to pick me anyway? It depends what Thomas Bjorn tells him.
1: Yeah, well, he obviously he came over to the Open to France, didn't he? First time he played that. I think there'd been a word in his ear prior to that to uh, to make a make an appearance and show his face. He needs to perform
0: this week, doesn't he? He's under pressure, isn't he? Because you think about it. Casey, Thierry Rafa finished very nicely hmm. um, yesterday, Cabrera. And Thomas Peters really came to the party. And then you got Sergio. So and of course Henrik. So there's there's six players in my mind in the mix for four spots there.
1: Yeah, still tight, isn't it?
2: I I think I was just saying to you guys earlier, but uh, the that Poulter jumping Casey makes Bjorn's life a little bit easier because Poulter was surely going to take one of the pick spots, yeah, or, or one of the captain's picks. So yeah. it almost free it gives it almost gives Bjorn. An extra pick, and look. Obviously, he could choose to take Casey, but he can also, if, if all things stay the same, but he can choose to leave him at home. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's it's easy to look at the likes of Cabrera Bello and say, you know, but he actually played really well at the last ride. David. I know. He was, he, and yeah, don't he was forget, Thomas Peters top scored, and I and you know, I th- I think personally, if Peters shows something, he must be playing Paul. He must be playing one of those two European Tour events coming up. If not both. If he shows anything close to winning one of those, I reckon he'll get a captain's pick. Quite
1: rightly. Well, he he showed an awful lot of form yesterday, didn't he? Until very close to the the end. Um, Yes, he is playing the Czech Masters. Well, he's down, so anyway. Let's just check the other one.
0: And then you've got got Paul Casey missing the cut, Sergio Garcia missing the cut, and you've got Thomas finishing like an absolute train... If you put Thomas Peters on an American-style Parkland golf course, he's so dangerous out there. He's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's down got to... Ma- he's got, yeah, he's got a major in him. No doubt. He's, down, he's
1: down to play the maiden Denmark as well. So, yeah, it's, he's clearly uh, clearly going mm-hmm. at it full throttle.
0: It'd be, it will be fascinating to see if Sergio... What happens with Sergio... Because he's in serious trouble. Mm. Now that that begs another question in terms of the Wyndham. But, um, do you want to kick off, Paul, in terms of the Nordea? Yeah, yeah, it'll be relatively brief. Let, let's, yeah, I was going to say, let's make it brief because we're already half an hour in, just gas bagging. Well,
1: it's going to be relatively brief because there's a, not a great deal for us to, to go on. So the Nordea Masters is one of these events that's been around for a while. It's been played at some... Venues that we've come to know, Brohoff Slot and uh, Barstback, they played a couple of uh, years at PGA Sweden. But they've they've moved it this year to Hills Golf and Country Club, um, which is in Gothenburg. Um, And it's a new track. It's not been used for anything um, professional at all. So there's nothing to go on in terms of um, event history or stats or... Um, any kind of skill data that you can drill into, so we're, we're kind of in the dark here um, to to a large degree, um, and we often get this with the European tour because we you, you get a new event that pops up or a new um, new course that pops up and there's absolutely no information about it whatsoever. So we're going on spec here. Um, it's reportedly a seven thousand one hundred forty three yard pass seventy one, but it's one of these tracks that's been custom built. It's got six different tee areas on each of the holes, so. Um, they could flex it up considerably from that. They could flex it down considerably. Um, I'm going on what the, uh, the the yardage is on the on the European Tour website at the moment, so that's as good a um, guess as we're going to get at the moment, I guess. Um, style-wise, it's relatively exposed. There are some trees on it, but it's relatively exposed, and um, it was set up originally to be a kind of a, a risk reward type uh course by the uh, by the looks of it it's had some renovations recently uh, and head force has been overseeing some changes and they've updated seven of the greens and um kind of, kind of brought it up to the standards you'd expect but as to how it will play um as to what a winning score will be very difficult to tell um, you know in imperfect in conditions a risk reward track you might expect it to be kind of high teens kind of under par um, it's par seventy-one. Two of the two of the um, par fives are around about six hundred yards, so they're not going to be pushovers. But again, they've got different tiering options to bring it forward. So um, that would be in perfect conditions. We're not going to get perfect conditions out there this this week, which could be the biggest indicator that we can we can use to try and decipher what kind of player may well perform here. Um, the Sweden has, as we've seen in a lot of the um, European Northern European countries over the last. A few weeks and months has been particularly dry, and um, it's all broken down recently as it is over here. And um, it's been raining recently. It's going to be raining over there before the event, potentially for all four days as well, on and off, um, with wind kind of 15 to 20 miles an hour. So where the players have got used to this kind of uh, almost tropical conditions that they're playing in, it's going to be a, a bit of a bit of a wake-up call. Uh, you know temperatures around about 60 degrees 60 65 bit of wind bit of rain it's not going to be particularly nice and that may well bring some different types of players into the mix here this week and um, I, I guess trying to grab onto anything of tangible difficult because you could look back at the previous winners um, and paratori won here last last year or not what well, he won this event last year 150 to one you got the likes of matt fitzpatrick alex noran J. I. D. won the the year before in 2014 Mick um, and A lot of the time the players that tend to get the, the job done In the Nordea Masters are relatively decent tee to green exponents Who have a decent week on the greens um, But again we're going to a new track Where um, there's a lot of question marks About how it's really going to pan out um, So I, I'm, I'm going to play it quite Conservative, I think. I, I've, I've backed three players today, and with if I add any more to it overnight, it'll be one, two max. But I may
0: well just stick with three that I've gone for. To be honest, it's um, difficult. It's difficult to put a point, lot of points at risk when you've got such sketchy information to go off, isn't it?
1: Well, you're just you, you know you're guessing as to what the how the course is going to play, um, and then you know if if the players are going to be suited to this guesstimate of what the what the condition is going to be like it's it, I, I don't know I, for me it's just not a week to get heavily involved which is a real shame really because the the nordair masters in the past and they've played it and um, previous year they played it or last year they played it immediately after uh went after the bmd bmw pga yeah. so you know there was still a, a decent attendance and uh, this year it's gone right down so you you know historically you've had the likes of stenson his stenson's playing over to windham isn't he so you've had the likes yeah. of Stenson, you've had the likes of Norren playing, and neither of those guys are there to headline from a kind of a Swedish perspective.
0: No, they're they're getting ready for the big money events in the, in the states, aren't they? Well, Norren is, and clearly yeah. Stenson's defending. So yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, the things really that I'm, I'm I'm going to look for are going to be um, with it being a new track. There's no necessity for any you know players that haven't got experience or less experience on the European tour. Younger players could well. Uh, perform those players who um, you know haven't got eight or ten years worth of course history that you get on some of the other tracks um, you know clearly they're not going to be as disadvantaged as they perhaps would be um, on other weeks so um, the first one I've gone for is Marcus Schinholtz who's um, one of these uh, local Swedish guys Um, Mm. now I picked him up at 50 to 1 earlier and there's still some 50s around actually
0: Played well in Paris, didn't he? He
1: did play well in Paris. Yeah, and if you look, look digging into him, he's um, he, he's from he around about ten miles up the coast of from Gothenburg. In the same kind, of, the way the, the topography is over there, is going to be a very similar kind of setup in terms of where he is to where they're playing this this um, this week. And if you go back to 2015 when he was an amateur, he's only 22 now. So you get 2015, he was you know still a teenager. Um, he led the Nordea Masters at halfway um, that week, back in twenty fifteen at the lakes course in Malmo, the um, the one at PG, the PGA the PJ Sweden National track. Um, mm. So he clearly showed a bit of that that week. Um, didn't didn't happen from over the weekend. You can imagine as a a young amateur um, trying to you know, lead a lead an event like that. Um, is going to it's going to take its toll and he shot 77 75 over the weekend finished 33rd. so it didn't quite work but you know he's moved, he's come on leaps and bounds since then um and he's had a, an attempt at the european tour gone back to the challenge tour um he's back on the european tour this year and uh, he's shown some decent form as you said um he's, he he played well at the golf national He finished 5th um that, uh, that week. Wasn't he, he
0: fifty four hole leader?
1: Yeah he was thirty six and fifty four hole leader. So he's mm. you know he sort of sixty five I think it was in the second round. He showed a lot of good
0: form there. Um, and yeah, but also early, third, third in Qatar yeah?
1: Yeah, third in Qatar and um, twelfth in the South African Open, sixteenth in Oman um, Qatar's interesting because Qatar tends to be set up. Oh, it's the the, the way the course um, tends to play is it plays quite windy. So again, yeah. if we're looking at 15, 20 mile an hour winds here this week, then yeah. that's a that's a good indication as well.
0: And twelfth at the twelfth at Wentworth, so he's yeah, clearly played exactly. well in some really good European Tour events, isn't he? So that's a good price, fifty yeah, to one. I,
1: I'm surprised because I, I think he's one of these players that could could break through, and, and you know. It, given that you come into, go into a track where there's um, very few people who will have had any kind of practical experience of it, you've got a guy who's you know, played his formative golf 10 miles down the road. Um, he's going to be one of the ones with the, the, the most of a kind of competitive advantage in that respect. Um, you look at his last start, 61st Open Championship, there's nothing to write home about, but he led the field for driving accuracy that week. So clearly, there's lots working well in his his game, um, and he can putt as well when he's when he's playing well. There's, there's lots to like. So, so yeah, I think fifty to one is well worth um, a punt this week on Shinholt. And um, the other one I've backed, or the other two I've backed, I've backed uh, Jung and Vang, um, the uh, South Korean. And yeah, he's one of these players. It is pro proven. there's a proven win at this level. Um, he's um, he's won three times, and I. I get the feeling this won't be a complete pushover here. And if you look at some of the tracks where he's done well, he won in Morocco at five under, Mauritius at six under. He's another one who's done well, he won in Qatar. So again, there's this kind of Qatar correlation potentially. Um, And he can play in the wind. Um, And if it is kind of 15 to 20 miles an hour, um, again, given the topography and the exposed nature of the track, I think that will be um, a decent asset to have. Um, so so yeah 60 to 1 I got on Wang earlier on today um, and the final one I've backed is a young Scot by the name of Connor Syme who's also been shown some
0: decent form recently yeah that rings a bell
1: yeah so he's he's not been a, a, a he's been, he's been a professional for a relatively short period of time so he's not great, played a, a great deal of um, events um, on, on the pro circuit but um the ones that he has uh, played and played well in are, are pretty noteworthy, really. So, um, he turned pro in twenty seventeen after the Walker Cup, and his debut um, appearance was at the Portugal Masters, and he finished twelfth there. And again, if we think in another kind of exposed track, not far from the seaside, um, bent grass greens, you know, there's there's some correlation there, I think. Fifteenth at the Dunhill Links, he finished the week after that, and then more recently, second at the Shot Clock Masters, um, and even. When his most two most recent events thirty second at the Scottish Open, twenty uh, second at the Porsche, both of them showed some decent snippets of form. He shot he shot sixty two in the second round at um, at the Scottish Open, which at the time before Brandon Stone went and produced his final round sixty at that time was the was the course record there at Gullans. So. There's lots to like about him as well, I think. And uh, yeah, 90 to 1 was the the price earlier on today. And uh, I thought, again, that was well worth taking on. He's putting really well at the moment, which, um, again, you know, is a nice asset to have. Um, So, yeah, those are the three I've backed. I I don't know, I've looked up and down it. I'll I'll give it one last look over, but um, I can't see any reason to really get heavily involved in it this week. and might just stick with those three do Swedes win this poll they have done yeah you go back um, Norrin's won it a couple of times Uh, Richard S. Johnson won it in 2010 didn't they so there's um, there's there's enough to uh, enough to suggest that there's no massive um, downside to winning this event as a a massive uh, pressure I guess um, on on the locals so yeah and the field's you know the field's not fantastic. You got Olsen at the top at ten to one. We've talked you know talked about Olsen a lot, and clearly he's playing some good golf. But he's the kind of player that you could and should be backing at ten to one. I mean, not for me if he goes and wins at ten to one, then good luck to him. Um, I wouldn't go near that price. No.
2: What happened to uh, Lucas Herbert? You were so sweet on him the last uh, few times out. And he's actually progressing, you know, 51st, 29th, 18th. This is his most recent performance.
1: Yeah, he's played quite a bit of golf as well. And some others have played, and he's been, he's been nipping, um, you know, a bit of globe trotting over that period of time as well. Um, I don't know, it's a, it's a difficult one to try and, because you could get quite expansive with it. And so, you know, Herbert's been playing well. Uh, Pavon's another one you could build into it. Um, there's two or three, but I, I, I really don't want to go mad with it. I want to try and keep it quite, quite tight. Um, and and yeah, just see how it pans out. Maybe those are the kind of players that, if you know, you get a feel of how it's working after, the, or how it's panning out after the first day. Then it might be time to have a, a little a delve in. It's uh, after the first round or so, a little bit of in-play action. Anyone you guys fancy that caught your eye?
2: No, I, I actually backed Herbert, so I was just curious to see what you thought of him. Um,
1: yeah. It's difficult to know whether his game would stack up to it, Barry. That's, that's, that, that, it's, it, there's too many unknowns to really, to really pin anything massive on it. And, mm. yeah, again, you know, he kind of falls into this bracket of a young player who's not going to be um, handicapped by the fact that he's, uh, he's not played the course a number of times before, because no one has. Um, but yeah, whether it suits his kind of style of game, the remains to be seen. There's a lot of water about. It's going to need to be quite, uh, quite accurate, to, or not, not wildly inaccurate, to to avoid some of the bigger numbers
0: out there. But uh, I don't know. We shall see. Should we talk about the Wyndham Championship? Hmm. Go for it. Sedgefield Country Club, Donald Ross design, champion Bermuda grass greens. Now remember that. Um. It's a reasonable field. Um, It's one of these past 70s on the PGA Tour that they take apart. Um, I don't think it's going to play dissimilarly to last week. There's been a lot of rain in the area. Um, There's not a lot of rain threatened. I think it's 50% chance going into Friday morning. But they've had a hell of a lot of rain. So I think the course has been deluged. So I think it's going to be soft. And it's one of those courses, Sedgefield, where to me... When you look at the numbers, neat and tidy tends to win mm. rather than outright power. Um, so we're looking at previous champions of the ilk of um, Henrik Stenson, I mean Mr. Threewood. Um, Camillo Vijay, has is one here. Davis Love III won here at a crazy price a few years ago. Uh, we've had uh, Patrick Reid won his first ever PGA Tour title here. Which would suggest you can have a little bit of width off the uh, mm. off the tee. And of course, our hero Siwoo Kim. Won here at 21 under uh, two years ago. Um, Kim, a fantastic Bermuda grass putter. And you can say the same about Henrik Stenson. He's of course won the Players' Championship. Siwoo Kim went on to win the Players' Championship. Uh, I think Davis Love's won the Players' Championship. Uh Camillo Verjagas has certainly won the players' championship. As has Sergio Garcia, who won here in twenty twelve. So um oh of course, twenty eleven Webb Simpson. So, you know, you've got a lot of links there to CPC Sawgrass for mm. a start. I mean that's just banging you over the back of the head. Yep. Um we've had some quite high level withdrawals in the last hour or so. And we've also had some new players come into the field. So, um, Oli Schneiderjans and Hideki Matsuama are late entries. And going the other way, uh, Stuart Sink, after his PGA Championship heroics, has said, uh, I'm putting my feet up, as has Adam Scott. So, we're seeing quite a few changes at the top of the uh, order. I know it's created a lot of work for you in terms of the predictor model, Paul. <laughs> but we've got the we've got Webb Simpson as a 14 to 1 favourite, Matsuama now in at sixteens, the defending champion Stenson at twenties, and then we've got the likes of Lowry and Cabrero Bayo 25 and 28 to 1, respectively. So yeah, um it's gonna be a birdie fest. Um There's no doubt about that. There isn't a lot of wind in the forecast. But the link I always like here is the Champion Bermuda grass because not many courses have got it. It's a very specialised kind of putting surface. Now, I don't know if you two can tell me what the difference between Champion and Tiff Eagle is or Tiff Dwarf. I I don't know. Um, But the courses that play, they play on this regularly on the PGA Tour. St Jude Classic, so TPC Southwind. Yep. And also the Jackson Country Club or the Country Club of Jackson. You can also go back to the Barbasol Championship when it was played at the Trent Jones design. Um, You can also go back to the likes of Annandale where they used to play the Sanderson Farms. And they also played the 2011 PGA Championship on Champion Muda Grass at Atlanta Athletic. So those are the courses that directly tally in from a champion Bermuda grass perspective. Mm. Um, if you're looking for Donald Ross designs, the best one and the most famous one, of course, is East Lake for the Tour Championship. You've also got courses of the ilk of Arona Mink, and we've been discussing that place already tonight. Pinehurst number two. Also, the East Course at Oak Hill, which featured the 2013 PGA Championship. Now that throws up, of course, someone like Jason Duffner. Um, they also Plainfield, where they played the 2011 and 2015 Barclays Tournament, which is was the initial, um, the first FedEx Cup playoff of them. So I tell you where I'm at. I'm umming and ahhing over Sergio Garcia. Because, again, he's 40-1. to one. I, I, know, I know that um, um, Barry's already told me that he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't use my money for Sergio. <laughs> so, um, I just... I just it's, it's pretty much now or never for Sergio. And if you go back to 2012, it's pretty much the same scenario that he found himself in. Mm. So... I suppose the only thing in Sergio's favour back in 2012 was that he was 102nd in the FedEx Cup playoffs so at that point he knew that even if he had a bad tournament this week he was playing the Barclays as it was known then he hasn't even got that as a backdrop now because at 131st or 132nd in the FedEx Cup standings if he doesn't get a reasonable finish this week he won't be playing on the PGA Tour again this year that's a lot of pressure isn't it that's a so it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, well, um,
1: he, he's had this chance over the last few events, hasn't he? Where one decent event is going to make sure that he's playing the first of the playoffs, but he's just fallen over every time, is not he? And he can't afford to keep doing it. In fact, he can't. This is, as you say, it's last chance saloon, isn't
2: it? He probably is the guy with the, uh, the most motivation this week to, to do well. Yeah, and we have, know, have this discussion, to, don't we? Yeah. We have this discussion. Motivation.
0: And you, yeah, forty to one. It's not a bad price, is it?
2: No. It, yeah, if if he was, sh- I mean, we saw like, he went to he went to France. He had a nice little kind of back to back two events where he was like seventh and twelfth, or eighth and twelfth, or something like that, yeah. which is... and and we all probably thought, ah, oh, there we go, he's turning it around. Here he comes. He'll put in a few decent performances now, but it just again, he's just lost his way again, and it's um he he'll be i'm sure he's very worried you know he'll know what all the chatter is going on about the ryder cup mm. um now look if if bjorn, if bjorn has a word with him you know maybe before thursday and says listen don't worry about it just go play your golf you're good we'll get you in you know then that could be the thing that just you know unshackles him and off he goes but uh, if there's doubt over it you know if there's a huge amount of pressure on him um I'm I'm happy to leave, I'm happy to not back him with my money or yours, Steve. <laughs> but I, I mean, you it,
0: made you made the case last week, Paul, didn't you? Because at Bridgestone, as you said, he shot a great round in round three, and if he'd have had a decent finish, he could have been easily in the top ten. It would have been top
1: top five rather than thirtieth you know, or fortieth or whatever. I mean, I think the price last week. Um, what was he trading at 160, I think you tell me, Barry, just before the, the, the event
0: started? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, for a player of Sergio Garcia's capability, um, that's a mad price. But he justified it. He did, 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 did nothing. Missed a cut.
0: Yeah, there was a very big number on Saturday, uh, Friday, wasn't there? Was it mm. like triple bogey with two or three to play? Is he playing yeah, if,
1: well if enough win. to get a pick? You know, it, it, If he carries on, if he, let's say he misses the cut again this week um, and, and, as you say, he's not playing the playoffs he's then. Not, he's not down at the moment to play any of the um, European tour events, Although that could change of course. Does he still get a pick? Does he still get a, the nod from, from Thomas?
0: Well, I know what I'd say if I was Thomas. Get your bum over here. You need to be playing some tournament golf. I don't care if it is the D&D real masters. You need mm. to be playing. Now, whether he whether Thomas would say that to him is a different kettle of fish, isn't it?
1: Well, he needs to be
0: playing, and he needs to be seriously contending and winning, doesn't he? At the at the, if you look at those if you look at those picks for the European tour side or European side, you would assume that Stenson's a lock, yeah. Yeah. Could, well, would you say the same about Paul Casey?
2: No. But my but my feelings on Casey are. Uh... Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just not a fan of his. He's disappointed time and time again when I've backed him. So uh, <laughs> I just don't. I, don't, I don't, seriously, but like. No, I, mean, I know that. I mean, I mean, burns you guys? I mean, oh, that's, whenever that's, I that's, tip that's, him, he's t- absolutely s- terrible. Yeah. See, there you go. There, that to me is a player who's not really clutch. Mm. You know, it's it's the Ryder Cup. It's a sprint, not a marathon. You know, and yeah, he could grind. Grind you to death, you know. With his uh, when his game is on, he's he's brilliant. But um, I'd rather see somebody young and exciting like a, a Rafa Cabrera bello get a, a pick or a Torbjorn Olus get a pick than uh, than Paul Casey. Yeah,
1: he's got got the experience. He clearly has got a, a match play record that's strong, isn't it? And outside of the Ryder Cup, is um, in terms of the the WGCs and the. The old uh, match play events
0: that used to be played in the European Tour. But you certainly, you certainly can't call Sergio clutch at the moment, is he? No. And under that no. intense pressure of the Ryder Cup, you know, you could see a scenario where he wants to p- pick him with Rafael Cabrera Bello, quite rightly, in an all-Spanish team. That's worked well in the mm-hmm. past. Um, and Ra- to be fair to Rafa, he's actually finding some form. I... One, This was the this was the tournament last year where I managed to snare Matt Every, first round leader, 200 to 1. Yeah. And to be able to do that again this year would be nice. I am going to have a look closely at the first round leader when you pull all the stats together. So yeah. that might be a late addition to my tips listeners. Might even be Wednesday. Mm. Um, but one player I do like the look of for a first round leader bet, and he certainly won't be 200 to 1, is Rafa Cabrera-Bello. Because actually, he shot a 64 yesterday. And you look at you look at Rafa going back. I know that we can't trust him with a barge pole to get the job done. But when he shoots <laughs> a, when, when he shoots a good final round in a previous tournament, I mean, this if you go to Wentworth uh, in May, he shot a sixty eight. So what's that 400 par on the Sunday? Went straight to the Italian Open the, um, the next week. Shot sixty five for fourth in the first round. Mm. So that he's the kind of player that does that and. Um, he was, I think he was back here in 2016 when he played here at the Wyndham. He went to the um, Olympics, finished well there to finish fifth, shot a 68 in the final round, four under. And then he shot an opening round 63 here to be the first round leader. So I know I'm only going to get 30, 33 to one, but actually I'd probably rather put cut some money, some points on that than actually trust Rafa at the so that's one thing I'm looking at um, I'm definitely in on um, I'm definitely in on Branch Schnedeker, who I think is playing some really nice stuff at the moment and he's got four top five, uh, four, top seven finishes here in like eight outings so I thought 28 to 1 about Snedeker was a reasonable price and naturally Barry naturally mm-hmm. I'll be all over Siwoo like a rash <laughs> I've seen fifty to one with Coral seven places each way. The fifty to one you got with Paddy Power has already
2: disappeared. I know. We were so excited to have him at hundred and sixty last week, and he just didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He flapped around like a fish out of water, didn't he? Um, so yeah, hopefully he'll feel a little bit more at home. But uh, then at a course where he's won. But
0: then a Bell Reeve soaking wet. That isn't his cup of tea, is it?
2: No, no. the The rain really hurt the bet, didn't it? Um, um, so I, I, th- yeah. I think
0: somewhere like this with Bermuda Bermuda grass greens and you know he's been playing reasonable has not he he's been did, he played nicely in Canada top 10 at the Bridgestone I don't think he's a bad shout this week I te- uh, there's another career I really like the look of this week This is the kind of player that Paul would pull
2: out I do like the look of Wee Kim
1: <laughs> He's the one player off fact
2: I had him back last week as well. Maybe I should just stick with him.
0: (laughs) Well, Wee Kim, he's a very, very sneaky player, isn't he? And this this tournament does have a record of throwing up maiden victors. And You can kind of understand that, can't you, with the quality of the field. The thing that that grabs me with Wee Kim is, last year, 2017, he finished second at TPC Southwind, champion Bermuda grass. And lo and behold, in the same season, he finished second at the Country Club of Jackson, Champion Bermuda Grass, mm-hmm. which would suggest he doesn't mind a bit of champion. I think it's a lot and if, my mind, if, if my mind is correct, my memory, and you know I struggle. In fact, I've written it down. Um, he was. He missed the cut last week. Fair enough. Second in Canada, uh, and then. He was also 16th at the John Deere Classic. So he's playing some rather nice golf. And he is a very, 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 very um, low scorer. Yeah, that's, that's his game, plays. isn't it? Yeah, that's totally his game.
1: The um, the stats that I put together for the predictor had him as the top putter in the field. In terms yeah. of his rolling putting average. Yeah. And if you're going to put together a 20-under type score there or thereabouts, um, someone like Wee Kim is the player that's, uh, that can do that, in my view.
0: Now, he's had three appearances here and he's missed the cut three times.
2: Yeah, how do we explain that? Is that just inexperience? Or? He's just erratic, I, isn't he? He's erratic.
0: All of these Koreans are erratic. You know that, Barry. Woo Kim. He's erratic. They're all erratic. But I don't think that Kim's going to be arriving here of the of the we. Um, side. He's not going to be coming here with any kind of expectations. He's just missed the cut. Well, in fact, they both have. That probably makes them more of a dangerous animal this week, mm-hmm. in my mind. And also, I mean, with we Kim, I'm seeing him up at um, ninety to one, seven place each way. So that to me is worth a punt, don't you, Paul? I think it's a good punt.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I got him at 125 or 6 earlier on, but that Oh,
2: happen. Unibet? Yeah, that might. Yeah.
1: Is that still there, is it?
2: Yeah, still there. I'm just about to back him here now while we're <laughs> talking. In case any pundits out there hears and then tip him up. <laughs> or have there our is podcast definitely,
0: definitely something about you want some guys who've got... I mean, you listen to this. Stenson was 13th at Quail Hollow. That featured champion Bermuda Grass Greens and that was the week before this last year. Siwoo Kim had finished second at the Barbasol um, a few outings before he won this. That's featuring champion B- B- Bermuda Grass. Camillo had finished 11th at St Jude the same year he won this. And Patrick Reed had finished 5th at St Jude the year that he won it. So looking at the champion Bermuda grass from this year. Um, if you look at Quail Hollow, Watney was 2nd, U-line 5th. But I don't think either of them fit the course particularly. U-lines all over the place off the tee and I think you've got to be neat and tidy this. Sam Saunders, he was 9th. Um, and then Johnson Wagner and Talor Gooch was 13th and if you look at St Jude a few weeks ago Richie uh, Rorenski easy for me to say was 4th Goosen was 6th with Chris Kirk I'm having a look at Kirk whenever I tip Kirk he does nothing but he's the kind that will come and stitch me up mm. Uh, mm. Trey he's playing some very neat and tidy golf Chris Kirk um, Trey Mullinax and Schnedeker were also 6th and then you had the likes of Stuart Appleby Wesley Bryan, who I'll never back ever again. Brian Gay and Seamus Power were in the top 12. Seamus Power might be a decent first round leader bet actually.
1: Yeah, he's one that gets out of the blocks quick.
0: Yeah, he can't mm. hold it together. But he, he's a quick starter, isn't he, Power?
1: The, the, the other one that caught my eye from the first round leader perspective is Robert Garrigus. Now, when you go back to Matt's every last year, you picked him up when he'd been FRL two or three events prior to that.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, definitely.
1: And uh, Garrigus was first round leader in, in Canada. And we know he's got he was. form at uh, TPC Southwind because he had that. Yeah, he's won there. Uh, yeah. No, and he didn't look. win. He, he, yeah, he, had he, he had
0: sweaty pants in the final yeah, round and right, yeah. gave it to a Lee Westwood of all people. Exactly. Yes. But again,
1: I think when we've looked into mm-hmm. it before, he's got some good champion Bermuda correlation in his, in his mm. history. Um, and he's a kind of player that can just get, you know, produce that one low round. Obviously, he proved that uh, in Canada a few weeks back.
0: He's um, also won 27th in the FedEx Cup, so he needs to do something. And he's, he's one of those guys that tends to do well when he's got his back to the wall, doesn't he, Garragas?
1: A bit of motivation.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not enough first-round leader prices up to, to get a view of what, he, what he'll be. But in terms of the outright market, he ranges from 80 all the way up to 200 to 1. So clearly there's some, some uh, differences of opinion as to what his chances are outright. And I suspect that kind of correlates to maybe a 125 first-round leader price, maybe 150 in one or two spots.
0: He's a dangerous first-round leader market guy, isn't he? Mm, yeah, and you know it's going to be nice and soft. I think it's going to be really soft, and that is Garriga's wheelhouse, isn't it? Mm, yeah. I mean, Glen Abbey, where he did finish, like you said, he finished uh, first-round leader. That was really, really soft. Yeah. He's one of those target guys, isn't he, you know, tell him one thirty-nine yards, and he bangs it one thirty-eight. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: long hitter gets himself in wedge range, drop the wedge, drop the putt, move on. Mm.
0: I might have to have a dabble on that.
1: So yeah, I'd be interested to see what price he ends up being first round later. but um, yeah, it should be reasonably attractive, I
0: thought. think. Um, I, personally, I can't go near Matsuama. I know that Webb Simpson will be popular, but 14 to 1. This tournament tends to be, you don't get people that have already won in the season winning here, and I know that he's going to finish second or third or fourth, um, but 14 to 1, I can't touch that. Um, so yeah, and Shane Lowry at twenty five to one—that was a kind of WTF moment. <laughs> Who do you fancy, Barry? Because we know that Paul's on weak him, and I can see why he he does stand out weak him.
2: Uh, I am now, thanks to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we'll blame it, you, it, Paul. Yeah, but no, it 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 does just refresh the fact. Like I fancied him last week, and it. You know, he didn't go well, but he is playing well, and there's, you know, there's a good price there available. So, well, the other thing is,
0: Barry, he's like, I think he's like 180 for driving distance on the PGA Tour. So, this suits me. He was never going to suit last week, was it? But this week, yeah. Yeah, so yeah,
2: so. it was only a nibble at a very long price last week, but you know, yeah. Woodland proved to me that sticking with them at the long odds, and he did pay off. So you know, the, the trend was going in the right way. So it makes sense. Uh, uh, thanks for refreshing him in my head, there, Paul, to, <laughs> to not forget him. I'd be kicking myself. Um, I like Julian Surrey this week. Mm. Uh, he's uh, yeah finished nineteenth last week, so that's going to be a massive confidence booster. That's solid, um, yeah, it really is good. So, and he's had a second there six weeks ago. So, it's it's more a ride the feel good fa- factor of uh, the nineteenth in the um, in the PGA Championship, and uh, going to a course where you know you're playing a very a pretty well sorry not a, a pretty tough test last week. Uh, it was made to look easy by a number of players, but uh, guys who weren't playing well got absolutely smoked. So. Uh, this is going to feel uh, like the shackles are off this week, and uh, you know, y- young aggressive player.
1: Yeah, he's a good, good birdie maker. You see that on the European Tour when he's played over there. He can uh, he can notch a few birdies.
2: And uh, I know I know he's um, he's ranked pretty uh, he's ranking pretty well for his greens and regulation at the moment. So oh, he was um, second last week. I mean, that's oh, was a, he?
0: That's a phenomenal performance. Yeah, he was second. Oh, for The GIR list last week.
2: I love love having you to back up my uh, knowledge and stats that I have from my bets. Yeah, yeah.
0: he was second. I mean, he was outstanding last week, I thought. And again, Uh, if 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 we're dealing with a soft golf course this week, that that comes to his strengths because I think he was top 30-something for driving accuracy, so he's finding plenty of fairways. There's a lot worse bets out there than Shuri. Mm. How does? Yeah. Uh, how does? I mean, he was also second at the Open de France, so he's clearly playing some very high caliber
2: golf. At, at good golf courses as yeah. well. So I was re- I was happy mm. to see him at sixty to one. I thought it was a nice nice price, seven places with Carl. So uh, he's a strange
0: crossed. one, isn't he? Because I'm I'm seeing even like he finished eighth last year at somewhere like um, Valderrama. Is yeah,
1: it's a difficult one to pigeonhole. I think when he's playing well, he, you know, he clearly plays very, very well. He's ultra-aggressive, so he tends to go for absolutely everything. So sometimes it just doesn't work. And you wouldn't think that that kind of style at Valderrama or that kind of style at Le Golf National was going to work. But, but clearly right. he's found a way to, to get, him, get, him, get himself around both of those courses in the top ten finishes. Um, he's, a, he's a good, good player. Very good player. And he can make the birdies. I see no reason to to, to oppose the bet here, really. To, to be honest,
2: I'll start spending my winnings then.
1: <laughs> Why not, Barry? Book that all day. Get down there. Uh, well, he isn't a member, we...
0: but he's already finished eighth at the Houston Open this year as a non-member. Hmm. And we know what the Houston Open's all about. You know, that's fairly low scoring, isn't it? Tends to be a soft golf course. You know, when, and when you're seeing him top eight at Valderrama and even like Le Golf National he should have won that tournament shouldn't he? Yep.
1: Had a chance. Really had a chance. Pogered
0: the last didn't he? So yeah interesting player. Very interesting. Right. I think that's us then for the week isn't it? Before we start the FedEx Cup playoffs next week. Indeed. Uh, thank you to you guys. Much appreciated. Um, and uh, thank you to listeners. We will see you again next week for the D and D Real Masters, Check Masters Paul, and also yep. the yeah that correct. That's right. And also the Northern Trust Open, which is the start of the twenty eighteen FedEx Cup playoffs. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye.